Hi, my name is April Bowlby. Um, I play Rita Farr, a.k.a. Alaska Woman on Doom Patrol. Yes, indeed, guys, you heard that right. We've got a very special guest with us this evening, star of Doom Patrol, that little show that took over the world last year and is now back for its second season. But I won't be talking to her, to her alone. Oh, no, I have some friends with me. First of all, we have the magical, the wonderful Brad Felicki. Say hi, Brad. Hey, everyone. And we have Kendra Hale. Good evening, Kendra. Good evening. And the magical Seth Singleton. How are you, brother? Well, I'm feeling sparks between my fingers as I rub them together. So magical. Let's let's be magic today, shall we? <laughs> April, I think you have another member for the Doom Patrol. I feel it. I feel it. It's happening. I feel very connected. <laughs> Fantastic. So I promise to be a favorite addition, if nothing else, an optimistic and heartfelt one. Oh my God, you can call him Magic Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we all call him. <clears throat> but <laughs> let's move on swiftly. Um, obviously, April, thanks so much for joining us and taking time out of your busy schedule. Um, you can probably tell that all of us are huge fans of the show. So we'll start with our questions, if that's all right with you. Oh, my pleasure. Yes, start. Let's okay, start. so Brad, off you go, sir. Oh, okay. Uh, this this is a question that I, I would not be surprised if you had been asked before, but since this is a DC Comics news podcast, uh, I, I thought it might be relevant. Uh, when you were preparing for the role, uh, did you uh, read any of the source material? And if you did, did you bring any of that into how you uh, approached the role and, and how you approached the character? Yeah, for sure. Um, my first purchase was the um, Silver Age Omnibus Giant original Doom Patrol. Um, and I read through that, uh, and that was amazing. And then I got wind that we needed to focus more on the Grant Morrison version. So I immediately got those. And uh, sadly, Rita is not uh, as featured in Grant Morrison. Um, but the storylines we kept to pretty... Um, uh, closely to the Grant Morrison, so I learned a lot from from that, and it just showed me what a wild ride this show would be, which is incredible, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, that's 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 what happened. Is that that's where I started, and then um, my research took me to. Um, like studying all like the old films, um, like um, I, the Star with Betty Davis was a real incredible. Uh, go to. I watched a lot of um, uh, Twilight Zone, which was uh, very nice. helpful as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Definitely get that feel of the show that everything's a little bit surreal and out there. That's a nice touch. Yeah. Yeah. Very surreal. So my question would be: In Doom Patrol, there there are obviously some pretty emotional and heavy moments. Um, you bring to Rita Far a very human relatable version and i love that it drew me immediately what was one moment that you may have found harder to portray uh harder to portray mm, that's such a good question um one moment oh my goodness i think um it was difficult to you know the pilot episode when um 
Rita is, um, sorry, I just got distracted. The pilot episode where Rita has to be an awful person um, to the focus puller. Uh, that was really hard for me to play personally because it was just so awful and um, it did not feel good uh, being so judgmental and, and um, but it, it set like such a great tone for Rita. So I feel like the heaviness in which and the uncomfortability of the situation actually informed her character a lot. And then you kind of have to overcome it and like, have the audience root for her, even though it shows that she's such a damaged, awful person. Uh, so um, that I think was one of the hardest moments to play. I love that answer. I really do because it it also helps show that she's she's human. So I absolutely love the the explanation behind it. Thank you. Yes, yeah, my pleasure. That's a great answer. Yeah, I would love to go ahead and hop in next. Um, again, April, thank you yep. so much. Really appreciate the opportunity to to sit down with you. I I loved getting the chance also to hear the great interview you had with Josh as Doom Patrol was about to make its premiere and people were just learning about who you were and what they could maybe hope for or expect with the upcoming season. And you gave some beautiful insights, especially about the star and about old Hollywood and this concept of these beautiful women trying to show how great and incredible they are. But at mm -hmm. the same time, we're all a little bit broken and we're all a little bit damaged. And yet, whenever I see Rita sort of collect herself together uh, for a scene, for a moment, for when she's like, OK, Rita, you have to do this. It's almost like there's a little bit of mirth. And I was amazed when I was thinking about how you mentioned the dark comedy really sort of played to your strengths with this show. And I wondered, one, if there is a little bit of humor that falls behind the Rita character when she's performing, whether it's on stage or in front of others, when she needs to put on a show no matter how she's feeling. And if it doesn't come from mirth, then if you could maybe describe a little bit about how you found, I think, as you said so well, that that part of yourself when you were creating your character. Right. Um, I think that she, well, that's the thing, right, is when you're in a lot of pain, that's where the humor comes from. Right. So I think it shows how much pain she's in and she she can't fall apart all the time because she'll kill people <laughs> like literally <laughs> blob <laughs> so i think she covers it with humor and i think that is just a natural exploration of her pain like it, when i read her she's so flawed and she's so desperately searching for love and she has this imposter feeling about herself that she doesn't belong and constantly having to prove herself that she's worth something and she you know doesn't have anyone she's very lonely so I think um from that pain she gets very you know <laughs> laughing <laughs> up <laughs> you, you know um you have to be able to uh laugh it off that way to survive so I think that's where the, the humor comes from uh I really enjoy those moments. It definitely feels like you either have to laugh or cry. And she's like, if I cry, I'm going to fall apart. And as you said, disastrously potentially kill people. So pull it together, give a little smile and a chuckle and 
soldier on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And soldier on. Exactly. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much. Great answer. Yeah, it's actually incredibly deep because with Rita and her powers, it's not just a case of holding herself together emotionally. It's it's holding herself together physically as well, because if she does unleash that power, like you said, April, um, many people could get hurt. So that that's a fantastic answer. Thank you. It also leads, obviously, to my question quite nicely. So thanks for that, Seth. Um, you've been on so many like iconic tv shows from csi to big bang theory to how i met your mother the tv version of one of my favorite movies heathers but this is the first real foray into sci-fi fantasy and rita is, is a fascinating character in that respect from the first appearance in titans um her vulnerability was there on full show and obviously she's a very beautiful woman and, and this must be like a curse this whole thing where she can't physically keep herself together how did you uh, prepare for that emotional side of things did you put yourself in her shoes how did you prepare for that kind of a portrayal uh right like i think yes definitely putting yourself in her shoes helps a lot the the you know jeremy carver was such a help with um helping us understand the, the origins of our character and where they come from emotionally um, because our our storylines are so out there that we need a very grounded place to to come from so it all makes sense and and you're rooting for these characters and um, I think Jeremy was just really helpful in expressing that she's just a broken person like that's the cool thing about the show is that everyone is really just a broken um you know child and uh throughout the process we're learning how to heal and dealing with our past um but rita specifically i think she you just look at her and you see where she came from with her mother and everything have you know a very dysfunctional relationship and she's once again looking for love and I think um, everyone kind of can relate to that I think everyone is looking for love um, so you just heighten the stakes a little bit and you get connected to that and what we wouldn't do for love and acceptance you know and I think that's where Rita comes from fantastic so, April, with a show like this that is so kind of, for lack of a better term, off the wall uh, and, and in a way strange and quirky and, and all that, uh, has there ever been anything that you've seen in the scripts that was kind of too out there to actually be put into the show? And if so, how was that changed to more fit in with what could be actually put onto film? For the show? Um, that is a fantastic question. Here's the thing about our show is every script I get, I think there's absolutely no way they're going to do this. Um, <laughs> it's impossible. How do you make the moon and then go into the Yukon? Like, where are they finding these locations? It doesn't make sense. And why is there a sex ghost? how are they doing that? I, I mean, what does it mean? And then every episode they do it, um, which is just always shocking. It's always, um, I have yet to learn my lesson because uh, I'm constantly like, there's no way, there's no way. And then at the end of, you know, 
10 shooting days, they've, they've done it. So uh, I feel like, you know, there's a scene, you know, we, even when we were miniaturized, I was like, what are they going to computer graphic everything? Like, what are, what are we going to do with this? Um, and no, they built everything. There was giant pancakes. There was, you know, a race car track that was the size of three stages. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> um, so no, nothing is too great for Doom Patrol. Nice. Thank you. With with you guys having the ability to pull from from the DCU, is there a character that you haven't worked with that you would love to work with as Rita? Um, yes, I would love to work with um, I would love to work with Beast Boy um, because in the comic books, Beast Boy is Rita's child, like she adopts him, um, and I would I would love I mean in season. Uh, one and especially season two they kind of hit on Rita's maternal side um there's like really beautiful moments between her and Dorothy Spinner but I I would really like to see what the Doom Patrol evolves into if um if Gar slash Beast Boy was a part of it and like how that would help Rita grow and and or fall apart I don't know um I think that would be kind of fun I love that. I will have my fingers crossed to see that in the future. Hey, me too. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Seth, your turn. Thank you so much. Uh, Rita, one of, or <laughs> Rita, I just slipped right into that. That was lovely. <laughs> April. Uh, see, sometimes it can just be that magical. I loved reading something about you. And one of my favorite things to do is to talk about the many projects that people are involved in. What can you tell everyone listening about 75 Reads and what it means to you? Oh, that's so nice of you. Look at you. My pleasure. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I love to hear people talk about the great things they're doing. And I love this story. And I want everyone who's with us today and everyone listening to hear about it. Oh, that's so nice of you. Thank you. Um, so 75 Reads is um, a podcast that I have with my friend Joe Bozarth. And um, basically, we're we're Bowie fans. As as who who isn't? I'd like to see. Yeah, you're a kind and wise person. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we found out that Bowie had a reading list, and we got so excited about it. Um, and there's 75 books that he suggests that everyone reads, and we thought, wow, what a great idea! Let's read these books and let's create um, a podcast slash book club. So every every month or so, we read a book from his list, and we try to figure out what inspired Bowie and how this book maybe is in his lyrics somehow or part of his music or in his life and how it affected him. And we just speculate and fantasize, um, <laughs> but also um, get like a really good, um, I feel like, background and um, artist education into someone that we really admired. So if you guys feel like listening, um, it's on you know it's a, it's a podcast you know so and you can read the books as well and then chime in about it you know on our website and stuff so that's the magic of bowie <laughs> it really is thank you for talking about that i i love i have a professor who to this day i will always shout his name and if you're listening dan bless you dan langton who taught me at san francisco state in the uh, creative writing 
uh, program, and he taught me this poetry, imagery, and metaphor class. And he gave us a list. He said, these are the 100 books you need to read before you die. I don't care about your opinions or anything else about them, but these are the 100 books. And I've got it hanging up on a wall. Oh. And every once in a while, I check one off. But when I saw this story, I thought to myself, okay, April, you know what? Valley and all this other stuff, we are kindred spirits. And I, I loved hearing you talk about 75 Reads. Thank you for, for telling everyone else about it, too. Oh my gosh, my honor. That's so fantastic. Kindred spirits indeed. Wow. <laughs> As I promise, I shall not in any way try and steal any extra of your time with so much of it valuable. Steve, I pass it to you, my good friend. Immediately adds 75 reads to his podcast list. Thanks for that one. Brilliant. <laughs> Another um, wise person. Oh, absolutely. I, I try. I can be very trying. So April, obviously... We've added a new cast member this year to Doom Patrol in the form of Abigail Shapiro, who plays Dorothy Skinner, as you mentioned. You have got some fantastic scenes with her. Now, I did want to ask, obviously, about the maternal side of things, which you touched on. But also, she mentioned in a recent interview that the season has been cut short by an episode due to the whole uh, COVID-19 scare. Um, I've watched all of season two and I swore like Cliff did at my computer with that ending. Um, have you give us an update on if and when the show's returning? Because that was torture. I, I love that you've watched the whole season. Wow. I haven't even watched the whole season. So bravo. Um, I, <laughs> um, I, I, you know, Ah, it's, it's, um, it's undetermined. You know, we do have plans to finish the final episode and really we only had, this will really stick in your, stick in your thigh or side. I don't know. There's a word to say, but we, we only had two more days to shoot on the final episode and then we got shut down because of, um, the scare. So we were so close to being done. Uh, so there's not, too much work to do on the episode um we have high hopes that we'll finish it and um but we're just you know waiting until that's uh there's a safe time to do that where everyone is protected and cared for and in, in the way that everyone feels comfortable so hopefully um if we can you know wear our masks and be smart we we can that'll be sooner than later Absolutely. Everyone's safety is paramount. That's the most important thing to all of us. We need you to make more shows. So, yes, stay safe, stay healthy. Brilliant. Thank you. Brad, your next question. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, um, from your perspective and your opinion on the character, how, how has Rita changed over the course of two seasons in how you approach playing her or you approach how she has grown over the course of the two seasons? Right. Um, I think that Rita has, oh, I think that she has grown in the sense of in season two, she's finding this confidence that allows her emotions to have a voice and she starts to embrace and heal. And um, she's sharing that struggle with her Doom Patrol people and also with the world. And I think that she's finding her footing and she's looking she's actually you know i think one of the characters that's quickly trying to heal in the sense of she's she's you know in episode four sex patrol she's she's looking into her past so she can move forward she has this block and she wants to deal with it and um 
that's the key to growth in season two is everyone has to heal their past traumas. And I think that Rita's really, um, because she's been so stagnant in season one, she was always like the one, the naysayer, the one who's very anti-superhero, the one who's like, we don't do that. We're just going to stay safe in our little house. Um, and in season two, I think she just really jumps into action and finds her voice and, and starts to use it. Um, so that's exciting. And she wants to be a superhero and she's going to do it. <laughs> yeah, she is. <laughs> uh, Kendra? April, what is one thing about you that most people don't know that you would like for them to know? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, that is a great question. What is one thing that people don't know about me that they'd like to know? Hmm. I would say that I... Man, I mean, how deep do I go with this? Let's think. <laughs> One thing that people don't know about me. Oh, you know what? I I I have used my time and I have I have learned how to um, patch holes in the wall using drywall. Cool. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. very I impressive. can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna go really deep and I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm I'm learning how to be handy. I can paint walls now and I can patch drywall, which is very exciting. That's incredibly productive. It's far more than I've learned. <laughs> I doubt that. I bet there's something very special that you've learned. <laughs> I have learned that I love Doom Patrol because of a certain actress who portrays the 50s starlets perfectly. Oh my god. What what an honor. Oh, thank you. You are quite welcome. Seth? April, we are more than happy to shower you with praise and make you blush as and where necessary and possible. So it's it's our, really, it's, it's our joy. Oh. I, <laughs> I wanted to add something that really caught my interest, which was that you had made a mention of how during the first season, one of the things that the cast liked to do is charades and i was curious if that's a tradition that's carried into the second season how the new cast member was able to be a part of that if so and if any other popular games activities sort of this is what we do in between scenes has developed um <laughs> i love that you know about charade season one and we really tried to carry it into season two Something shifted in season two. I think we got really tired. <laughs> <laughs> I like the honesty. Like, no. <laughs> and um, and we we really tried. Like, I remember uh, Matt Zook would, like, come on. And he's like, all right, we're going to do charades. And then just, like, we, we really tried. And it would just kind of fall apart. And they'd, they'd call us too soon where we couldn't get our groove. So, um, but we the whole season, we were like, gosh, we should really play charades. But we just we just never quite got into it. Poor Abby, who plays Dorothy. Because she, she's, like, you know into it she was like yeah let's play charades and we're like 
I love that. Well, back during season one, was there anyone who stole the show when it came to charades? Like every time they were up, it was just like, okay, everybody's watching. Like people would stop what they were doing or. Uh, uh, yeah, it was uh, Diane and Riley who plays Robot Man, Diane Guerrero. They had like this shorthand. So if ever Riley or Diane were doing the charades, they just would kind of blow everyone out of the water. And like once they connected, it was like immediate, like they would just guess each other's um, clues, which was crazy and, you know, slightly like annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Uh, those are some great stories. Thank you. Uh, Steve, passing it on back to you, my friend. God, I can only imagine playing a game of charades with a real, like, Shakespearean, like, like Timothy Dalton. Unbelievable. I'm so glad you brought up um, Riley Shanahan and Matthew Zook because they're so overlooked. Because they're the guys on set and obviously uh, Brendan Fraser and uh, Matt Bomer do the voices. But those guys are incredible. And I, whenever I write the review, I make sure I credit those guys because they're awesome. Th thanks for bringing those up. Yes. Have a go. I really, April, I really appreciate that. Brilliant. They're, they're so great. We're, we're very lucky to have them. I mean, they, they perform with their hearts. They're always off book. It, it's, it's, our performances are based on what they bring as well, you know? So they, they just add, they are our castmates. They are, they are. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and if you're watching, if you didn't know, you would never realize that they're not the same guys delivering the lines. They're, they're incredible. They're incredible. Agreed. They are incredible. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. So my question was, um, I wanted to touch back on what you said about her growth because she's had some real character development, Rita, over season one and season two. Obviously, yeah, this, the, the shocking secret about her mother and, and now the adorable beekeeper alter ego and her playing a superhero that must have been so much fun to play um do you foresee that role growing do you expect rita to become a real full-on hero in the seasons to come I, I i you know my initial answer is yes i i do see that for her i i mean i'm sure as is the way of of anything new that you try <laughs> you might fall a little bit. Um, so I imagine she'll experience some trials and tribulations, but I do, I feel like the beekeeper could stay on her for a while. I feel like, you know, until the, the Doom Patrol is a fully unified superhero fighting crime machine, I, I feel like she's going to stand alone on her, on her beekeeper moment. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. Thank you. Well, so you've got another five minutes. Do you think you can fit one more question each with us, April? Yeah, of course, of course. Thank you so much. So, Brad, go for it. Could you share, like, one of the funnier things that's happened on set or, you know, the things that you enjoy most about being on the Doom Patrol set? Because it seems like it would be quite the place to work. <laughs> uh, yeah, it it is quite the place to work. I just love going to work with these people it's incredible and um you know timothy dalton in season one when he had to you know shoot in the forest and he had to literally like defecate in the woods i was very nervous because he's timothy dalton that it would be difficult for him to like step into that and like it was freezing outside and i was like i don't know is he gonna be into this and that man 
couldn't, he just was like, now, why exactly am I doing this? I just, I just need to know, okay, does this make sense? And he embraced it 100%. And that was just such an exciting thing to see. And it just shows like, he's such a pro and he loves his job so much that it like, he just wants to make sense of it. And once it makes sense, he's like, he's done. He's like, all right, it's 40 below, but that's okay because my character is cold too, you know? Uh, <laughs> so that was like a really funny and also Timothy Dalton, you know, defecating in the woods. Like, what? <laughs> I'll never look at his Bond movies the same way again. <laughs> It's fantastic. So that is the joy of our show, yeah. <laughs> nice. And Kendra? What was it like to hear Brendan Fraser cuss? Oh, my God. It's genius, no? Um, <laughs> I'm, that guy is such a kind, lovely human being um, that to see him go into the tirade of, of Cliff Steele is hilarious also proving another pro like just walking into that cusp bomb like it, it's no no big deal like it's it's the best it's it was so fun thank you yeah Seth. thank you uh for a final question i'm just curious if going in to meet everyone on set first day first time around reading was there anyone who completely surprised you or anyone who is exactly on mark with your sort of anticipations? Like, okay, I, I know enough about these people. I feel like I, I have an understanding of what I'm coming into. And uh, what matched up and what was like, nope, I was totally off. This person is either a complete straight arrow or wilder than anybody ever told me. Well, I think it's kind of funny. Diane points it out at the end of season one that we're all pretty much like our characters. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. It is true. Um, I'm definitely like, I am kind of like the homebody. Like everyone like is like, we're going to dinner. And I'm like, fantastic. I will meet you. And then they're like, we're also going to this bar afterwards. And I'm like, no, no, thanks. I'm going to go home. Uh, <laughs> I'll be doing drywall. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> do. Um, and like, just not the whole character, but they're definitely like pieces of us that are like Javan loves to work out, you know, and he's kind of like always like he's played cyborg. He's just always like thinking and trying to like make things happen. And it's just, um, it's a real treat because we really are, there are, it's perfect casting. <laughs> <laughs> and that is what I would call a perfect answer. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Cheers. Steve, right back to you, my good sir. Absolutely. I wanted to touch on, obviously, quickly, Brendan Fraser, because he is like the audience's reaction, really. Because whatever happens, that's what most of the audience are saying when they're watching. Uh, obviously, he, he's had a big uh, reaction online because of his um, portrayal. But what's happened that's out of the ordinary for you? What, what reactions have you had that have really blown you away? Or who's um, come at you with a response or with a message that has really touched your or opened your eyes about the power of this show and, and comic book fans? 
Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I think just that we have such a beautiful show that shows the human condition and is so grounded, um, but then is spirals out of control in visuals and, and possibilities of, of, you know, spaceships and stuff. Um, I think to know that we're dealing with such important issues like body image and, and um, PTSD and, you know, yeah, I think that to be able to, if anyone can relate to that, then I feel honored to have done my job. I mean, when I read the scripts, I, I see what it is and I'm like, okay, I can play this and I can get in touch with this. But then when I see it on screen, I see the whole big picture and I'm like, oh my goodness, is that what our show is doing? And I, I get so touched and, and honored to be a part of it. And so I feel like if people can see it in the whole picture in which I can see it, then I've, I've, I've done my job. And, and, um, and I feel like a lot of people do feel that way. So, so that makes me very happy. Wow. Great stuff. But that's exactly how we all feel too. So thank you so, so much, April, for joining us. Um, great to talk to you. Can't wait to see more of you. Let us know a little bit more about you, where we can catch you online, where we can find you, and, and anything else you might be working on right now. Obviously, apart from 75 Reads, which we're all going to get hooked on very soon. That's very kind of you. Um, just, you know, taking one day at a time um, and being kind and, um, you know, uh, growing, I guess, is, is what I'm doing. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Be safe. And then, um, sending so much love to you guys. Thank Ladies and gentlemen, Great, April thank you. Baldy. Absolutely, thank you. Yes, thank you so much. Bye, you guys. Thank, thank you. you so much. Bye, We're going to do our, our, our goodbyes now and everything, but thanks for joining us, and uh, hopefully we'll catch up soon, and can't wait to see more of you. Would love Bless you. you. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye. Thank you. Bye, Bye April. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yes, so that was April Bowlby. What a fantastic lady. We're all huge fans, as you could possibly tell from that conversation, and so much more to look forward to. But for now, we'll sign off, first of all, with Brad. Tell us where we can find you, what you're doing, my friend. You can find me writing news and reviews, uh, dccomicsnews.com. Uh, you can find me uh, on the Mad Love podcast, as well as the regular DC Comics News podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at FlickyB1. Kendra? Uh, yeah, I can be found doing uh, news and reviews for Dark Knight News. Uh, as well as Fantastic Universe is writing about anything that strikes my fancy. Um, I can be found on Twitter at DevourAllWords. And I can also be found on the Mad Love podcast with my fellow colleagues. Seth, what about you? I really just want to say, if you didn't get it one more time, 75 reads. Just 75 reads. Okay, so as far as me, one more singleton on Twitter, my dogs, Bruno and Fiji on instagram 
And you can find my reviews on DC Comics News. You can find me hosting the Spinner Rack. You can find me with these fine folks when we're not quite so fine or perhaps even as gentle and womanly as folks on the Mad Love. Uh, I'm just out there. Uh, Steve, where can the good folks find you, my friend? I'm very often found on this lovely show we do every week called the DC Comics News Podcast, talking about, funnily enough, DC Comics News. You can also catch me on my own little show, the I Am The Night Show, which breaks down Batman the Animated Series, usually with my son, but every so often with a special Dark Knight News or DC Comics News guest too. But talk to us, rate us, review us, follow us and subscribe to all these wonderful shows and you can do so on Apple Podcasts Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify or wherever you get podcasts and you can also catch DC Comics News and Dark Knight News all over the internet on Facebook, Twitter Instagram, Tumblr and YouTube. If you want to talk to me please do catch up with me on Twitter at lstevo E-L underscore S-T-E-E-V-O and just search for Steve J. Ray if you want to read all my work across all those sites. So for now, that's another great show in the bag. We've spoken to a wonderful lady in the form of April Bowlby, and we'll see you all very, very soon. But until that time, what does everyone really need to do, guys? Read more comics. comics. <laughs> see you soon. Take care. <laughs>